All right, welcome in to another week of Inside the Lines. We have a special guest with us making his first appearance on the show this week, Mr. Rob Harvey. I'm glad you could finally make it onto the show. Y'all could actually do it on a day that I could do it. Uh, I know Robbie's a, a selfish man and whatever he says goes, but I'm glad uh, Aaron finally got a say in something. Yeah, I, I had to put my foot down. And, and uh, <laughs> Robbie, I think he was uh, jealous of the time that you were going to get to talk and he wanted all the other, he wanted the, the whole, uh, the whole time to talk about Katy Perry and UFC. So, <laughs> um, but <laughs> we have, like, per usual, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about last week's games and then obviously get into this week. Um, let's start off with kind of just overall domination of this last week. Um, there were a lot of teams that just dominated their matchup. I mean, we got Oklahoma, Nebraska, Georgia, Oregon, Washington, Penn State, teams that we didn't – which we knew what Georgia was. But those other teams, we didn't really know what they were going to look like, and they just came out and dominated their matchup. So – the first game I wanted to talk about was the Oklahoma-Nebraska game because I think a lot of people were – it was Nebraska plus 11 was kind of a trendy pick for a lot of people, and Oklahoma came out and uh, put an end to that pretty quickly. I know, Robbie, you were, you were confident on Oklahoma because that was one of your locks. What did you like in that game? What did you see? Well, I just knew, like you said, it was my lock of the week. I was never worried about that game because with Scott Frost getting fired, there's so many distractions going on around that team. People are thinking about their futures. They're not preparing for that game. Even in Nebraska, Oklahoma, they've been shutting. They've been lights out all year. They've been scoring at will against everyone. Nebraska has been awful all year. Scott Frost leaving all the distractions. Like it, it was a lot for me. I, I don't understand why it was a trendy pick for everyone. So I, it, it was just beyond me that people liked Nebraska in that game. So I, I really don't understand it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of understood a little bit more. I heard some people explaining why. Because sometimes whenever a coach gets fired, you'll see a team play inspired football for a few weeks. Um, I mean, we've seen it before, and I feel like Nebraska, and I'm obviously wrong about this, but before going to the game, I felt like they have enough talent to, if they can just get it together for a week, like they can play a good game against anybody. But obviously, they do not have the talent necessary. Um, and like I agree with what you said about them just not being in it. Um, a game that really shocked me was the Oregon-BYU game. I did not expect Oregon to come out and just beat up BYU, especially after last week when we saw BYU play really well. Um, Bo Nix was phenomenal. And I, I think that's kind of what you get with him. I mean, some weeks he's terrible and some weeks he's great, but you're not going to get an in-between performance by Bo Nix. I, I thought the funny thing too was that they showed all the Oregon highlights and Bo Nix dominating as they were – on CBS as Auburn just had no offense going on. I saw somebody tweet that out. I'm sure Auburn fans love just watching Bo Nix destroy BYU as they're getting killed by Penn State. But, yeah, I was surprised, too. I actually bet BYU in this game. Um, but it, it makes me think it, it also just shows to me how, how good Georgia is with, with the way they just manhandled Oregon. And now, I mean, Oregon – the team people kind of thought they looked like at the beginning. I know the Georgia game took a lot out of it, but I think Oregon's still a really good team. And, 
and one of the favorites to to win uh, that conference. But um, it, it kind of showed to me just how how good Georgia actually is. I agree. I we've said this plenty of times on this show. As of right now, nobody's beating Georgia. Nobody's shown me that they can even come close to beating Georgia. Even Alabama. Like I just don't. I don't see it happening this year. Obviously, things can change and probably will change through the course of the season, but I don't know. But you did bring up Auburn, and that was one of the games that I wanted to talk about as far as dominance goes. Penn State came out and destroyed Auburn. And it was kind of – the first half was close, but it was just like – I didn't get to watch a lot of that game. I watched some of the first half, and it was – what I think it was 14-6 at halftime. Auburn couldn't move the ball at all. Um, and then I looked at it again and it was closer to the end of the game and it was a blowout. I was like, what in the world happened? Um, did Robbie, did you get to watch that game at all? I did not watch that game, but what I'm not surprised at what happened. I mean, TJ Finley at Auburn is horrible. Like him being out is going to be the best thing that's happened to them this year. And he is horrible. So I'm not surprised at what happened. What, what I'm surprised at is like, I don't know what Penn State is. Because I've watched them over the past couple of years with Sean Clifford, and they seem to do great. And then all of a sudden, they'll have like a letdown game where they lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to. It's like, what's my bigger question mark is Penn State. Like, are they good? Because we know all, Auburn's terrible. They're the worst team in the SEC West by far. TJ Finley is terrible. I think that maybe Calzada is not, not good. He's our third. I don't know, but I. I don't know who's starting for them this week because T.J. Finley's out. And I thought that Calzada would be starting, but I, I don't know that for sure. It'd probably be Robbie Ashford. It's Robbie but, Ashford, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that's going to help them moving forward. But either way, with Auburn, Brian Harsons, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Just piggybacking, piggybacking off of that a little, I think the shocking thing to me is, is not only t- – I mean, we knew T.J. Friendly wasn't good, but Tank Bigsby had 39 yards. Like, I think going in, people thought Tank Bigsby was one of, if not the best running back in the SEC. And he had 39 yards in their biggest game of the season to date. Um, I, I agree. I, Penn State was doing a lot of weird stuff. I don't know. Penn State was kind of weird. It was just – they were just – they were dominating the game, but it didn't seem like they were dominating because they just – I don't know. They're a weird football team. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, I think Sean Clifford's okay. Um, I, I like Nicholas Singleton. I mean, 124 yards and two touchdowns. So he obviously has done a good job on the ground. But uh, they're just a, they're a weird team. I'm not sold on them. I, I agree with Robbie. I think that it was more so it showed how bad Albert actually is. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I, I I think Penn State, based off what I've seen, I've watched. I watched their first couple of games or their first game and some of their second game. I think they have a really good running back room, obviously. We saw that this weekend. And then they have really good corners. I mean, they they have really a really good cornerback room on defense. But everything else is just kind of like we, you don't know what you're going to get. So, I agree. I think some weeks that they'll be really good like this past week, and then some weeks they'll be really bad. Like, if they can't run the ball, I don't know what they're going to be able to do. Like, I don't think Clifford can – open up the, the game as much as they probably need. So. And, and y'all, y'all didn't see it, but Sean Clifford, he actually almost died on the first uh, <laughs> drive of the game. He went running, and this Auburn guy hit him, and I, I don't know how he got up. I mean, I thought he was dead. 
I honestly thought we had seen we had seen a killing on CBS. But he he got up and stayed in the game. And James Franklin, he, it was on a third down, and then they went for it on fourth and one, and he ran a QB sneak with it. <laughs> the guy had no idea where he was, <laughs> and he runs a QB sneak and just gets smacked. And I don't know, I don't know how he stayed in the game. So maybe Sean Clifford is actually good. He was just concussed or something. And I mean, he was fourteen to nineteen in the game, but it was pretty incredible. I mean, you know, y'all, if you haven't seen it, y'all have to go watch the clip. I mean, he got destroyed. Rob, that brings up a good point. Maybe that hit is what made Clifford play good. Yeah, it could be. That might be the, the changing be. point in, in his career. I just think the best part is James Franklin deciding, all right, our quarterback just got killed. QB sneak time. Let's go, boy. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're never going to think we're doing this. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll say this about Tank Bixby because Rob brought this up, but I think that Tank Bixby is a really good running back, but I also think that it's very hard whenever you're facing eight, nine men in the box because there's nobody to throw the ball down the field. So, I mean, you got 39 yards, but, man, when you're going up, you know, against all those defensive players in the box, I mean, it's hard to rush the ball. Yeah, it, it so reminds me of – I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that, you know, with all, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but with Auburn's QB play, I think that a change is good, so – you know, with that QB play, I don't, I don't see Tank Bigsby get, getting going. Yeah, I, it reminds me of kind of, of what I've witnessed with the Titans this year. Um, they, they have the best running back in the NFL, and they can't do anything on offense. It's because it's not because Derrick Henry isn't good anymore, but they don't have a good quarterback. They don't have any, anyone to throw the ball to, and their O line is terrible. So you're not going to get. I mean, teams are just going to put eight, nine guys in the box, like you said. And that's kind of – that's what Auburn's going to face until they can prove that they can throw the ball. But I agree with you. I think Harson's toast. Um, I think Auburn's toast. They're, they're the, we said it – we predicted Auburn on the first episode that they would be the worst team in the SEC West, and that has turned out to be true. Um, I don't think that's, that's a question. But the last, the last game I wanted to talk about under this category was uh, Washington-Michigan State. Um, Robbie and I were talking – before the podcast last week about um, how Vegas knew something that we didn't about this game. And we blindly took Michigan state. We didn't know (laughs) either team. We didn't know what really anything about either team because neither of them had played anybody. And we blindly took Michigan state. I think for me, um, I took them more because of what I saw last year and probably more of like a, a brand thing for me. That was a big reason why I took them, but Washington came out and, dominated that game there was no question from the beginning where what, what was going to happen in that game so I Michael Penix looks incredible um RG3 I don't know if y'all saw this or not but RG3 was uh getting close to saying some inappropriate things about Michael Penix on television <laughs> but he, he was he was a big fan for sure <laughs> but uh <laughs> well, like, like you said, what, what surprised me about this game is, and, and we, like you said, we talked about it last week, but the fact that I thought I like Michigan State just simply from the fact of Mel Tucker. He always has his team ready to play no matter where, home, on the road. They always play decent. Like, they rarely get blown out of games. I mean, they play physical. They play tough. Man, they went to Washington and got smacked from start to finish because I started watching that game and I just had to turn it off because it was getting ugly. And I was surprised because I watched Michael Penix Jr. play at Indiana. 
because he come from the Big Ten and transferred out of Indiana, and he was not great there. So I like Michigan State, and boy, was I wrong on that one because they got smacked, and he impressed me, and he surprised me a lot. They actually ran him out of town at Indiana. They wanted uh, – I can't – his name slip in my head, but the Missouri transfer um, that's their starting quarterback now. Um, goodness, why can't I remember his name? Anyways, they, they ran uh, – Connor uh, Basilak, the guy from Missouri, he transferred into Indiana. They wanted him over Penix, so they ran Penix out of town. And uh, Washington's head coach was his former offensive coordinator, so he teamed up with him, and it seems to be working out so far. Um, but, yeah, that game was ugly. Rob, did you have anything on that game? I was just going to say, when's the last time Michigan State has attempted 42 passes in a game? <laughs> Probably not. Like, I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, they, they, have no, they had no running game, which is what they go off of. I think – I think you were right, Aaron, in saying a lot of people took Michigan State just based off the name. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they lost one of the best players in the in NCAA last, last year. And uh, it's kind of showing. I mean, it definitely showed they had 42 rushing yards last week. So, it's definitely showing they, they, they're they struggling a little. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much a passing offense is going to work in the Big Ten, but I guess we'll see uh, as the season goes on. Yeah. I, well, I thought, Peyton, I thought Peyton Thorne would be better than he was. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the next team I want to talk about, and I know Robbie's going to like this discussion, but I want to ask the question: um, Is USC a playoff contender? Um, we saw them. We saw them play this weekend. Um, dominated again. Another week of dominance. Um, do you, do y'all think that USC is a playoff contender? Well, you know from even our very first podcast that I had USC making the college football playoff. So they've been rolling. I'd like to hear Rob's thoughts on that. They got Lincoln Riley. They transferred in Caleb Williams and Atkinson, best wide receiver in the country, in my opinion. So they, they got a lot of talent there and they got Lincoln Riley. I mean, y'all know my thoughts on it, playoff team all the way. So I'd like to hear what Rob has to say about it. Yeah. I mean, and not only did they get, uh, Caleb Williams, but they got Jordan Addison too, who, I mean, is, mm-hmm. is maybe a Bolitnikoff. He's definitely a Bolitnikoff finalist, maybe the winner. I mean, he won last year. Um, I'd still like to see more out of him just in terms of, you know, the competition they played Rice, Stanford, and Fresno State. Um, uh, I think you look at, and it's a ways down there, but you look at that game at Utah on October 15th, and that is going to be a, a spicy game. But, I mean, Caleb Williams is – I mean, I guess C.J. Stroud's still the Heisman favorite, but Caleb Williams is really close up there, and it's just looked good. I I put him on the fringe right now, but if they keep playing the way they do, um, I think definitely they could be a, a playoff team. I think their defense has played really well, which has kind of been one of the question marks for them. I think people knew, okay, Caleb Williams is going to play well, Jordan Addison is going to play well, but their defense has done a good job so far. Um uh, stopping stopping teams. So I, I think right now they're on the fringe and, and we'll see as, as the season goes on. That they, get, they also played Notre Dame in the season. I'm kind of intrigued by that game. I think that's going to be a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I, do t- I do too. That's why it intrigues me. <laughs> so who, who are your playoff teams, Rob? Because Aaron and I, we have gave ours. Aaron has changed, I'm pretty sure, all four of his since we yeah, started. Has. But <laughs> – so, uh, mine have remained the same. Who are your four playoff teams? Gosh, it's so you tough. You think a Pac-12 I mean, team's getting in? 
If USC keeps playing the way they do, I think they get in. If they beat Utah in that game and go undefeated, I think you have to you have to put them in. Um, yeah, and I sure. think I I think Georgia for sure. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say Alabama just just because why not right now? Um, the that fourth spot is tough because you know you've got a couple teams. I'm not sold on Michigan. They haven't played anyone. They're playing Maryland this week, who is three and zero, but eh. Um, at Ohio State, I think can be that team, uh, and, and I look at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma could be that team if, if they keep playing the way they're playing. So, um, if I had, if, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say Ohio State, but I could definitely see Oklahoma sneaking into that spot as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I've liked. Uh, I've been surprised by Oklahoma this year for sure. I, I'm not going to Desmond Howard it and put Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, and then, can we and talk then, about Desmond Howard's picks? Because I'm pretty sure all of them except Michigan have lost. Didn't he pick Baylor too? He picked Baylor. He picked, ba- he picked Baylor, Pitt, and Utah. No, he, he <laughs> picked, no, he picked uh, Baylor, Pitt, Michigan, and Texas A&M. Those are his. Oh, Texas gosh. A&M. That's right. It wasn't Utah. It was Texas A&M. I knew three of them have lost already. Yeah. <sighs> um. The last game from this past week that I, I want to get into, and it kind of will segue into um, this week that we're in right now, we're about to come up on, um, Florida. Their performance against South Florida this week, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say they were they were lucky to come out alive in that game. Um, Richardson looked terrible for another week in a row. Um, without his legs, he can't do anything. I mean, that's that's pretty much the scouting report on him. He can't throw. He's yet to throw a touchdown. Um, he has more ta- he has more tackles than he does touchdowns. Yeah, and he he makes really bad decisions in the pocket. Um, USF had that game. If it wasn't for a bad snap on a field goal, they win that game. Um, do y'all think that Florida was just looking ahead to this week, or do you think that they just actually have some real problems? I, I think they have some problems just because this is back-to-back weeks now that they've struggled. It's not just a, a one-week thing where it's a, a they're playing a you know a team like South Florida, who South Florida's not bad, but a team like South Florida. But I mean, they played terrible against Kentucky. Um, the thing that shocks me about the South Florida game—they gave up 286 rushing yards, um, and, and that I, I know they only gave up 116 passing yards. But still, I mean, they Brian Beatty, South Florida's running back, had 150 yards. And I, I think that's a real concern. I mean, you mentioned Anthony Richardson. Obviously, everyone's talking about it. At 112 yards and two picks, still hasn't thrown a touchdown. Um, I've been impressed a little bit with their running backs. I think Trevor Etienne's pretty good, and Montreal Johnson's not bad. Um, but they, they've got some issues, not just at quarterback, but I think defensively they've got some real big issues and, and some spots that people can exploit them in. Yeah, Rob stole my stats. That 286 yards rushing given up against South Florida is unacceptable. And I know Florida's defense hasn't been good. I blame most of that on Todd Grantham because they keep giving this man a job. But uh, 286 yards rushing against South Florida is unacceptable. Uh, Anthony Richardson, 112 yards through there, two picks. The dude had an 11.6 QBR against South Florida. 11.6, 11.6, followed I, up by – against Kentucky, it, it was 3.2, <laughs> a 3.2 QBR. 
against Kentucky and then followed up by 11.6. The dude is not good, and Florida has some problems going in to going into Knoxville this week. The, the thing that kills me is that he threw this awful interception in the third quarter, I mean, straight to the guy right over the middle of the field. So then it gets to the fourth quarter, and they have the ball on the one-yard line, and they throw the ball, and he throws another interception. I mean, that is just – that's I don't even blame that one on Anthony Richardson. I just – like, what are you doing? Just run the ball. You've run the ball all over him all game. You're going to throw the ball on the one-yard line? So, I, I think not only do they have issues – you know, Anthony Richardson hasn't been good. The defense hadn't been good. But I think coaching-wise, they've got some concerns there too because, I mean, that play calling is just very questionable. Yeah, I – I didn't. I was watching it on a phone in in Neyland Stadium, um, and they kept showing it on the scoreboard too. But I, and we were, me and my buddy were watching it on his phone, and um, I just think I think some of it, I think some of it is they were looking ahead. Um, they had a tough game against Kentucky. They played really bad, and they, I, I really think that they thought that they could just coast and get ready for Knoxville this week. Um, the reason I say that is because I would love to believe that they are not a good team, which I don't think they're great. But as a Tennessee fan, I've witnessed my Tennessee volunteers lose so many times to Florida teams that they should have won in the last 10 years that I refuse to believe that, like, that they, they don't have a chance this weekend. So I think that uh, moving into um, week four of college football, I think that um, I think that that Tennessee Florida game is going to be a good game. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think a lot of people are thinking uh, Tennessee in a blowout or Tennessee by a few touchdowns, and I think they haven't watched Tennessee football in the last few years. So we'll start. Um, we'll before we get into games specifically, we'll we'll talk about the Tennessee Florida game. But I do want to kind of follow the trend of every single week on the podcast um, before we get into the games, let's recap um, our records and our locks. Um, I don't know. Let me pull up the, okay. So I had the best week I've had all season. Thankfully I've had a rough, rough season to start the year. I went nine and six this week. Um, Robbie had a, a really good week again. He's fallen. I mean, he's just been good all year. He went eight and four. That brings our record. Uh, Robbie's 22, 12, and 1 with 65%, and I am up to 21 and 24 at 47%. So I'm, I need three more games to get back at 50%. I'm close. Um, a lot of time. You're close. You had, you had a really good week last week, though, and yeah. you're getting up there. And the parlay of the week hit. Yep. We, had another long par- we had another long money line parlay hit that I sent to Rob, so I hope he bet it. So, Rob, did you bet I, that? I'm retired from gambling. <laughs> I, I have no. That's a, I have that's no, a no. That's a no. I have no. I have no comment. Um, I, would, I would. We had a really good week last week. Yeah, I would be. I would like to be the first one to say that we are back. Um, we never were here, but we're back. We uh, we didn't specifically say, but as Robbie said, our parlay of the week hit, which means Robbie and I both went two and zero on our locks for the first time this season. Um, really happy about that. Hopefully, this is not the last time I say we're back. Uh, hopefully, every week for the rest of the season, I come on this podcast and, and I'm able to say we're back. But um, it was a good week for both of us. Um, 
I would like to carry that positive, those positive vibes into this next week. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of our losses, um, just because those are, those are the ones that stand out the most. I want to talk about Notre Dame a little bit. Um, Robbie and I both had Notre Dame on our card. We thought they were going to cover. We thought they were going to bounce back and beat a really bad Cal team. That was not the case. That, that game was very close. Cal was winning a large portion of that game. And it came down to them dropping a Hail Mary at the end for Notre Dame to win that game. Um, what did I know, Robbie, you were frustrated following that game, the score of that game, because we kind of both had the same thoughts about it. Well, I was frustrated because I thought that Drew Pine would come out and play okay. I didn't think they were going to blow this team out, but I thought they covered nine and a half. I could see them winning by 10. They missed a field goal. I think they won by seven, missed a field goal. But Drew Pine, like, Horrible. I mean, at the start of that game, dude was just like dropping the snap. I mean, it was like he was like fumbling the handoffs. Like it, he looked terrible. Like he looked like he was out of his element. It's like he never played football before out there. And I get it. Like it's your first start, major college football, but he looked awful. And I think that if if it had not been for that, they could have covered. But Cal come up, and I thought I thought Notre Dame's defense would play better than they did too. Well, I thought they, at home, I thought coming off that embarrassment, I thought at, against Marshall, I thought at home they would play better than they did. But Drew Pine, I mean, he looked he looked like yeah, awful out there. I, I agree. And speaking of their defense, they honored our boy Manti Teo before the game. I know, Rob, you had some thoughts about that. I, I mean, you know, they gave him a standing ovation. And, and let me preface it by saying I've watched the documentary. I feel bad for the guy. But also – can you really go two years of, of dating someone and not meet them, not FaceTime them? The person always makes excuses. I mean, is, is that not a little weird? I, I think it is a little weird. Um, I will say not to defend him because I think it was a different day and age of online dating. I mean, now, nowadays you can get away with that some. <laughs> But it, it was Aaron, like, no, it, it was not that long ago. It was. was, that it was. Listen, <laughs> listen I, I, I know I'm the old guy here. Call me old fashioned. But I think that you should actually meet someone before you call them your girlfriend. I, was, I watched the documentary. It was a good documentary. I felt bad for him. But man, you went, I'm with Rob. Like, you went this long without like meet, meeting someone. And, 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 they, and, and you're. And she, in quotes, always always had an excuse for why she couldn't FaceTime. Uh, you know, it's just you'd have to wonder after a while. I would be I would be convinced after like three times the person couldn't FaceTime that all right, something's up. But I, you know, he's uh, a busy guy. <laughs> okay. Oh, but also, y- y'all haven't discussed it. You know, y'all would have. I don't know if y'all watched the game, but y'all would have covered. But the, the next to last play or two plays before they had a scoop and score that they called back and said the guy was down. So y'all y'all would have covered, but but they yep. uh, they overturned it. Yep, I, I saw that. Um, so speaking of teams that struggled, um, Manti Teo included, um, <laughs> what Lake Forest barely etched out a win against Liberty. Um, they stopped a two point conversion to win the game against a team that has not been – I mean, Liberty is Liberty. We know what we're going to get from them and Hugh Freeze. But they haven't been 
the Malik Willis Liberty team that they were in the last few years. Um, but do y'all think it's kind of a similar question with Florida? Do you think that Wake Forest was looking ahead to this week um, with their big game, or do you think that they have some serious problems? I would say more so, yes, they were more looking forward, way more than Florida. Like Florida got embarrassed the week before. There should be no looking ahead against South Florida. They just got they they just got problems. Like they're not looking ahead with somewhere else, but they just got embarrassed at home by Kentucky. So I don't think that they were looking ahead. I just think that, you know, they're just not a very good football team. But uh, Wake Forest, I could see that. They got Clemson coming up. They've been rolling. And, you know, they got surprised by Liberty. But at the same time, Liberty should have won that football game. I mean, they went for it on two. I get it. You know, they're a big underdog, you know, going on the road, go for two. I get it. But I also think if they would have went in overtime, Liberty had all the momentum in that football game. I think if it would have went in overtime, Liberty would have pulled it out. But I get the decision, so I'm not mad at Hugh Freeze, but Liberty should have won. But I do think that, you know, maybe Wake Forest could be looking ahead a lot more so than Florida was. Yeah, and I think I think something that also take in consideration is they were up 20 to 8 at the half. They probably thought, all right, we're up, we can kind of coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Liberty scored 15 uh, in the third quarter to to get back in the game. Uh, Sam Hartman had two picks. That, like, never happens. Um, I think it's him working his way back in. You know, he missed time. Uh, was back for the Vanderbilt game and did really well. But uh, th- there's going to be some – you know, I, I think they came out and said he had what the kind of like the Trey Smith. He had blood clots uh, in his lungs. So, I mean, he, he's going to have to work his way back. So, I think you kind of saw a little bit of that. Um, uh, so, I, I agree. I think it's more so looking ahead, but also just kind of – to working their way into the season. Um, I mean, he didn't play a lot of the all – he didn't practice a lot of the all season at all. So, just Sam Hartman trying to get back into the swing of things for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, those are the two games that – two of the games that me and Robbie both lost. So, I wanted to uh, speak on those a little bit. Um, let's kind of transition. We do this – we've done this every week. Let's talk about the AP poll real quick. Um, there was a lot – there was not movement in the top – 10 really um but there was a lot of movement outside of the top 10 um because of the the wins and losses you have oregon moving up 10 spots to 15 you have penn state moving up eight spots to 14 you have tennessee and north carolina state moving up to four spots each to 11 and 12 um robbie do you ever do you have a chance to look at the ap poll yeah oh yeah i i those were some of the things that i thought like tennessee moved up to 11 i thought that they were deserving of that, honestly. Uh, I still don't like NC State at 12. I think that they're still overrated. I said it at the beginning of the year. and But Penn State was a big mover after beating Auburn. And like I said earlier, I still don't know what Penn State is. I think they're a good football team. But after going on the road and beating Auburn, you know, a lot of teams are going to beat Auburn this year. So I'm kind of, But I still think that they're a good team. And Sean Clifford, I mean – you know, he's a good quarterback, but I don't know. I think 14, I'm just kind of interested to see what they're going to do late in the year. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but Washington definitely deserved to jump up there at 18. I mean, they, they blew out Michigan State. Oh, no, they, they, blew moved out. they moved in to 18. Okay, I see that. Yeah, yeah they moved in to 18 okay. because, they, I mean, they blew out. I think the final score didn't show it, but they blew out that team. They won by I think Michigan State – yeah, Michigan State come back late in the game, but that score – I mean, that was a blowout regardless of what the score said. I watched that game. And, 
Uh, the only other thing I had is Miami fell all the way to 25, almost outside the top 25, which I, I think is a little unfair. I, th- I think that they're better than, than that. But I think that they had a bad game. They had to go into College Station at Kyle Field on a Saturday night. Texas A&M had just come off of an, an embarrassing performance. So I think they were going to be hyped up. Starting Max Johnson is going to be better. But I, I don't think Miami is as bad as 25. I don't think they should have dropped that far. Yeah, those were just I, some of the teams I had. I would agree with you with Miami. I think that was the ultimate like trap game for them. A and M's obviously going to be motivated, especially because not only did they lose and get made fun of for losing to Abbey State, but then that video came out at the pep rally and everything. So they just kind of they got embarrassed all week. Um, and the freshman getting suspended for going on a joyride in the parking garage and posting it on his Instagram live and whatever, going ninety miles an hour in a parking garage. Um, so. They obviously dealt with a lot of things all week. So that was the ultimate trap game for Miami. I I agree. I don't know if falling 12 spots was, you know, the right thing to do. I think Miami just had a bad game. I expect to see them bounce back. Um, I think they played Middle Tennessee this week. So, yeah. Um, A thing that we've we've kind of done every week, too. I don't know if we've done every single week, but we started a couple weeks ago and I like it. Um, And this, this can go to you, too, Rob. Um, a team that surprised you this weekend, whether it was good or bad. Do you have, can you think of a team? Um, I, I honestly, I mean, I kind of have to feel like I have to go with Florida and for bad. Uh, I just did, you know, I knew Kentucky was pretty good, and can, for some reason, the past few years, I guess this was Stoops. Kentucky has had Florida's number, but I mean, they just. You know, once again, for back-to-back weeks against South Florida this past weekend, they just looked awful. And, I mean, it, it it's very surprising for me. I expected them to run away with that. And like you mentioned, if it wasn't for a bad snap, and, and can we talk about how much credit we should give that kicker for even getting the ball up in the air? Yeah. I mean, he almost made that thing, and the ball was laying flat on the ground. I've never seen that before. I, I haven't either. But I think I've – I feel like I have to – and I'm setting myself up here, you know, for – for a heartbreak when Tennessee ends up losing to him. But I, I feel like Florida has to be my kind of team I was surprised about that just didn't play well. I also mentioned Arkansas. Um, I, I thought I, – and I don't know if they're looking ahead um, to a well, this week. They could have been looking at Bobby Petrino. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bobby Petrino uh, still scoring in Arkansas. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> uh, but, no, I was, I was surprised by the way they played. I, I think – I think that's another case of looking ahead, but also Missouri State uh, was winning for a lot of that game. So, kind of surprising. Robbie, who's your team that surprised you this week? Well, first of all, can we talk about how old Bobby Petrino looks all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I just haven't seen him in a while, but dude was old compared was he, was to he his still, last was he, was he still wearing that neck brace? No, he's not wearing a neck brace, <laughs> but dude looked old. But anyway, my surprise team was Washington. I, I was very surprised that they dominated Michigan State the way they did. And and Michael Penix Jr., like I've, I I watched some games from Indiana, and I didn't think he was that good, but he bought out. And it was against Michigan State, a good team in my opinion. But he bought out, and I, he bought out, and I was surprised by that. So my surprise team is going to be Washington for the good. Big, big Penix energy. To quote RG3, <laughs> um, the team that surprised me the most, we've talked about it just like we talked about um, Washington, was Oregon. 
Um, I was not expecting that performance that they, they gave to BYU. Um, and like Rob said earlier, it just shows how good Georgia is. Um, when we saw Georgia absolutely dominate uh, South Carolina. And speaking of that game, I forgot about this. Did y'all see um, Shane Beamer yelling at the Title IX people to get off the field whenever they were honored during a timeout? They honored the, the Title IX athletes, and he was yelling at them to get off the field. Um, I, I think I think the presentation was bad. I think that's what was bad about it because they apparently what happened is they played a video and then they had like 150 women athletes get on the field for 15 seconds and then we're screaming at them to get off because there was a fourth down play going on. And so I, I, I think the, the presentation is what should be, uh, should be at fault there. I saw that Beamer apologized for it, but I, I kind of thought it was funny because they're showing, uh, you know, they're showing these people in the end zone on TV and you have no idea what's going on that cuts to him. And he's just screaming, get off the field. <laughs> And, it's, it, and it was I, it was it was a big play too. It was a fourth down, and the game was still close at that point. Um, I think I think if we're all honest, we would have done this exact same thing Shane Bieber do, did. But to for them to catch that on live television, it was not a good look for him. Um, just with the circumstances that were happening, um, I just think he's a clown. I'm just going to go ahead yeah. and say it. Um, did you see? Did you see his press conference after the game too? Yeah. Some some reporter asked him uh, if the players were down in the locker room after the game. I think the guy's name was Phil, and he was like, Hell "What no, kind of question Phil. is that?" Yeah, what kind of question is that, Phil? And then going <laughs> off, and it's like you didn't have to call the guy out. You could just say, "No, you know, we've had a couple of tough games here, and blah 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 blah." But I mean, he just acted like an a hole about it. So yeah, you know, yeah. And it's not like he has any reason to act like that. He just got beat 45 to seven or whatever it was. So, um, but yeah, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent there. Um, that kind of that kind of wraps up uh, what we're going to talk about this past week and then leading up to, to week four. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, the first game, I know Robbie loves to talk about college game day. It's in Knoxville this week. Robbie, do you think they got it right? Knox, Tennessee versus Florida. Well, I had a couple of – there wasn't a whole lot of games that it could have been. I think ultimately they got it right. They could have went to Clemson-Wake Forest, and I think they would have had Wake Forest not laid an egg and almost lost to Liberty last week because um, I, don't, I don't know. I think it was toss-up between them, Wake Forest, and Clemson, and Arkansas and Texas A&M. Ultimately, if I had to pick one, it would be – Arkansas versus AM. I think that's going to be the best game of the weekend, the closest game of the weekend. But at the same time, like Texas AM, they blew it against App State. And that's why game day was at App State last week. And Wake Forest laid an egg last week, should have lost to Liberty. So I get it. I mean, Tennessee, Florida. So I mean, I get it. I would rather have it. If I had to pick, I would pick Arkansas versus Texas AM because I think that's going to be the better game. But I also 100% get why it's in Knoxville. Florida versus Tennessee, it's going to be a good game. Let's just go ahead and get into that game. Um, do, does anybody have this any anything on this game? I don't. Robbie, do you have anything on it, Rob? No, I don't. On Tennessee, on Tennessee versus Florida? Uh-huh. Well, I wanted all week I've been watching this line because I wanted the over. It's been at 10.5, minus 10.5 for Tennessee. 
And the over, over under on it was 63. And I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, neither defense is great. Tennessee is going to run. They're going to go fast. They're going to score a lot of points. So my initial thought was I like the over. But then I saw it was 63. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of points. And this only went down to 62 and a half. And that's why I don't have it on my card. But I, I do like the over if I had to pick one. I don't like the spread at 10 and a half. But I will say this. Florida has been bad. That Anthony Richardson specifically has been bad. His QBR this year is 35, which is 104th in the country. He has 423 yards passing total, 107th in the country. Four interceptions through three games, 109th in the country, and zero touchdowns last in the country. The dude has been awful. And, Aaron, I know you were pumping him up week one after that Utah, but Anthony Richardson has been awful. But I still cannot bring myself to take Tennessee minus 10.5 because they have literally won one time in the past 17 years against Florida. So, I, I mean, I don't get the line. It's 10.5. If I had to pick one, I'd take Tennessee just because I, I really feel like that Florida is not a good football team right now. But I, I like the over more. It's 62.5. I still like the over. I didn't put it on my card, but I would still take the over on it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> because because I, w- I would love to say what I think, which is that I think if Tennessee plays their game, they win by three touchdowns. Um, but like you mentioned, Robbie, Tennessee has won one time in 17 years. And um, it, it's just – it's hard to uh, to bring myself to, to think Tennessee is going to play the way they're capable of playing, um, especially with Cedric Tillman probably not going to play. Um, that, that adds – which I, I, I will say, I think if you're going to miss somebody, uh, obviously missing Tillman would be big, but wide receiver is a good position because Tennessee's got a ton of depth there. Uh, whereas, you know, running back Jabari Small or Dylan Sampson weren't to play, which it sounds like both are, they'd be a lot worse off. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, Florida has just played, been so bad. I mean, they really have. They've been very bad. Um, Tennessee should – that. I, I think the line is not taking in the history. I think the line is taking in the fact that Tennessee should be ten and a half points better than Florida, especially at home, a three thirty CBS game. Um, and and I, I think Tennessee can can win pretty handily, but it's not gonna it pro, it won't happen. It'll be a close game. Florida will probably win in the end, but um, I don't know. I I like Tennessee a lot in this. This is the most confidence I've had in Tennessee in a while um, I think if Hendon Hooker can get over his first quarter nerves I don't know what it is about the first quarter but he's been awful in it but as soon as the second quarter hits he's been really good um, and, and I think Jalen Hyatt will step up uh, in Tillman's spot if Tillman can't play as well as Brew McCoy Ramel Keaton um, defensively Tennessee two straight weeks now they've had just a ton of QB hurries Tyler Barron and, and Byron Young look really good. Omari Thomas looks really good. They got Jawan Mitchell back last week. He played pretty well. Um, they benched Warren Burrell, which is the best thing they could have possibly done. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, the, se- the secondary is not – that's Tennessee's weak spot, but it doesn't have to be good against Florida. It, you know, if Tennessee can get pressure, which they've struggled against 
running quarterbacks in the past. Hopefully they've learned from last year and the Ole Miss incident than every other team, Alabama, Georgia, uh, every other team that ran had a running quarterback against them. Um, I, I think Tennessee should win this one easily, but it's Tennessee, Florida, so who knows? I agree. For you starting that off as saying you don't know what to say, that was a pretty good analysis. <laughs> well, I think that – well, I think that because I think Anthony Richardson is going to run for a lot of yards against them. So, like, that's why, like, I'm so afraid of this spread. and That's why I don't have it on my card because I think – I don't think Tennessee's going to have a problem winning this game at all. But I could see it being like a 20 – or like a 38-28, 38-27 type game. So, I mean, that's 10, 11 points right there. So, that's why I think the spread is going to be a toss-up. But, I I mean, I lean towards the over. Yeah. I don't so have I, to... But, like I said, I don't think Tennessee's going to have a problem winning this game. Yeah, that's where I disagree. Um, I agree with what Rob was saying. If we play our best game, we should win this game easily. But we haven't played our best game yet this season. And so who's to say that it's going to come against a team we always struggle against? So I don't know. I am in – I won't believe it till I see it mode with the Tennessee-Florida matchup, which is – I think that's rightfully so. I think that's um, just based off what I've experienced. Um, but I'm excited to, to watch this game. Um, I think it'll be a great atmosphere. Um, let's move on. We're only going to talk about a few matchups uh, before we get into our cards. Um, there's only a few, like you said, Rob, there's only a few good, good games this week. Um, we also have Clemson at Wake Forest. Like we talked about earlier, we're talking about Wake Forest looking ahead. Clemson's coming in the fifth ranked team versus, uh, the 21st ranked team. Um, both three and oh, but both, I think in different places. Uh, I think Wake Forest is still trying to find themselves with back with Sam Hartman or with Sam Hartman coming back and then Clemson's. Clemson. I mean, their defense is incredible. Their offense is not great. Um, they're going to suffocate you. Um, so, do y'all either y'all have this game? Uh, I do. I don't I have Wake. Uh, oh, I, I have Wake Forest seven and a half. Um, I, I think Wake Forest figures it out this week. I think it's hovering between seven and seven and a half. Um, I, I think, like I said, I think Wake Forest figures it out. I think they were looking ahead last week. Um, and, you know, Aaron, we kind of talked about it a little before. I don't trust Clemson's offense. And I just don't I, – I think Clemson probably has a good chance of winning the game, but I think it's going to be a pretty close game, and I think Wake Forest can cover. Um, it's at Wake Forest. They're going to be really fired up. And um, uh, I think Wake Forest definitely covers. I think they have a good chance to win. Um, I'm not, uh, not going to say they are going to win, but I, say, I think they definitely cover. It's on my, it's on my list. I don't, I don't know. Wake Forest really let me down last week against Liberty. But I've told Aaron this every week about Clemson. I do not trust their quarterback. So I, I don't think they're going to put up a bunch of points, but I think their defense is also really good. So I don't have this on my card, but I think that seven and a half is right where the line probably needs to be because I think that Clemson could win by seven maybe 10. So I think, you know, the line is kind of right in the middle. That's why I don't have it on my card, but I could see Clemson pulling it out because Clemson's defense is still really good. So Sam Hartman threw a couple of picks last week. They didn't look great against Liberty. And that was at home against Liberty. 
I get, you know, they were probably looking ahead to Clemson. I get that, but I, j- I don't trust them enough to have it on my card. But I I could see uh, it's really a toss-up for me because I, I don't trust Clemson's quarterback, but I do trust their defense. Can, can you pronounce their quarterback's name for us? <laughs> Ukulele. There we go. No, no, no idea. Ukulele. I will. I, I do want to ask this question. Do you think? Do y'all think that this could be the game that we see the the freshman for Clemson? Do you think that they, they could make a change in this game if DJ struggles that much? I probably don't. I don't think you'll see it. I don't think you'll see a change all year. All year. All year. All right. Because uh, I I think that Clemson I think Clemson's defense is really good. And the offense is just like kind of okay, but with the schedule they set up, like I, I don't see I don't see them losing. So I don't think that they're going to make a change if they keep winning. That's that's fair. I think the the best chance that they have to lose is this week. That's fair. Um, the next ranked game, and these are the only Tennessee, Florida, Clemson, Wake Forest, and then uh, Arkansas at A and M are the only three ranked matchups this week. I th- like Robbie said, this game has potential to be the best game of the week. Um, both hard-nosed teams like to win in the trenches. A&M's obviously struggled this season to do anything on offense, and Arkansas's kind of been the opposite. They've been really dynamic on offense. Um, what do y'all like in this game? I I like Arkansas. Uh, plus, I guess I guess I like a money line, but I mean it's plus one and a half or whatever. Um, we can go rah, rah, rah about A&M winning, but they won 17 to nine. Sure, their defense played well, but they're going up against a whole different test on Saturday um, with KJ Jefferson. And I mean, he is just, he's a different animal. You know, he kind of showed a different side of him. Uh, last week, he threw for 385 yards, uh, which we're not really used to seeing from him. Uh, I think, you know, Arkansas, might have been a case, like I mentioned earlier, of looking ahead with the close game against Missouri State. And I, I still – like, I'm not – Max Johnson, what, 10 of 20, 140 yards and a touchdown? Robbie loves his QB ratings. I mean, that's a 46.7. That's not a good QB rating. Um, I, I think they still have a ton of issues on the offensive side of the ball. I know it's at A&M. But I could also see them, you know, being fired up about last week and kind of let, letting their play fall uh, a little this week. I – I uh, I like Arkansas in this game a lot. I think Arkansas. I I I'm a big Arkansas guy. I know a lot of people kind of think they're overrated, but uh, I think Arkansas is pretty good. And um, they were my underrated team of the year. So there we go. I'm, I'm glad you think that, right? They were. <laughs> they, <laughs> no, they I, were. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, they were Aaron's overrated t- or underrated team of the year. So I will give him props on that. But I agree with you. I think Arkansas is a good football team. And I was up in the air because all week that line started at two and a half. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wait and I'm going to watch that because if it goes up to three, Arkansas, no doubt, I'm going to take them. And like you said, the game is at A&M. But I just learned today, tonight, that that's a neutral site game in Dallas. Ah, okay. Yeah, that game's always neutral site, yeah. So I, I like Arkansas even more. I don't have it on my card because I've been telling guys, you know, bet responsibly. So, like, there were two games this week that I wanted to bet all week, Tennessee and Florida over, and I wanted to take Arkansas plus two and a half against uh, A&M. 
But I said, you know what? I, if I have to talk myself into it, I'm not going to bet it. So I don't have it on my card, but I do, I'm with you. I like Arkansas to win outright. And I know it's plus one and a half, but if, I'm probably going to wind up betting it before the week's out, but it's not going to be on my card. I'll probably still take Arkansas money line. Robbie, thank you for looking out for the responsibility of our listeners. Um, hey, always bet responsibly. <laughs> um those are the only ranked matchups of the week. I think there are obviously several other games that have potential to be really good. Let's go ahead and get into the cards. Robbie, why don't you start us off? All right. Week four, officially, I like Michigan laying 16 and a half versus Maryland. Now, Maryland scraped by seven points at home against SMU last week. I know they're 3-0, and but they haven't really not really played anybody. So I still like Michigan to keep rolling. JJ McCarthy. They got that offense going. They've scored over 50 points in every game. So um, they've been blowing everybody out. So I'll I'll take I'll lay the 16 and a half Michigan at home versus Maryland. Um, my next game is Kansas, minus seven and a half. I know some people might have got it at seven versus Duke, but they're playing at home. Kansas is putting up 53 points per game. I mean, they won by 18 at Houston. They won by 13 at West Virginia. So, I mean, I like them at home, seven and a half versus Duke. I think both of those teams are probably better than Duke, and they're playing at home. So, love Kansas, minus seven and a half. Some people, I think, Aaron, you might even got them at seven. But I like them at seven and a half. Um, And then my next game is Notre Dame versus North Carolina. I don't like the spread, but I like the over 56 and a half. North Carolina's putting up 51 points a game by themselves, and they're giving up 38. I think even Drew Pine and Notre Dame score on this defense. <laughs> I mean, they, this, North Carolina's defense gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter alone to App State. So I, I like the over on that. North or Notre Dame's defense hasn't looked great. So I like the over on 56 and a half. Oh, North Carolina, Notre Dame. And then the next game is Ole Miss, minus 19 and a half at home against Tulsa. Ole Miss started out a little shaky against Troy, but they've been rolling the last couple of weeks. And Tulsa beat NIU by three points at home. Now, NIU just got blown out by Vanderbilt. So they did not get blown I, out. Hold up. Hold no, it, okay. Northern Illinois was winning for the, for the majority of the game. Okay, well, they lost to Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt covered, by the way, because it was Aaron's lock of the week. So, Vandy covered against them. So, I'm also going to say Ole Miss is going to cover against uh, Tulsa. Robbie, and I, then you- I, was, I, I will say real quick about that game. Um, you, had, you said 19 and a half, right? Yeah, Ole Miss minus 19 and a half. It's went up since then. I think it was 20 and a half last time. Yeah, it's already gone up a point. It might have gone – it's at 21 and a half right now. So, you, you got it at a good level. 21 and a half. Okay, right. yeah. I got I got that one. Really. Are you still comfortable with 21 and a half? Oh, uh, yeah. I okay. think it's going to be a blowout. I think Ole Miss is rolling Jackson Dart. The lane train. Rob loves the lane train up there in Knoxville. So, I, I think it's going to be a blowout either way. I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. All right, I just want so, to make- don't know if Katy Perry's going to be at the game or not, but I feel <laughs> like Ole Miss. <laughs> and next game is Utah minus 14 and a half at Arizona State. 
listen, Utah has been rolling since they lost to Florida. I think that, you know, Utah still has everything in front of them. They still have USC, that game. They could still win the Pac-12 potentially. I don't think they will. But they usually handle business against teams that they should be. Arizona State just fired Herm Edwards this week. On the field. I think they're going to be – they're going to be real. They're going to be rolling just like Nebraska last week. They fired Scott Frost. I I think there's going to be so many question marks. That team's going to be so distracted. I like even though it's at Arizona State. I still like Utah minus fourteen and a half. I think they're going to put up a bunch of points. Robbie, so I like Utah. Did you see the video of Arizona State meeting Herb Edwards on the field last week to fire him? No, no, I did not. But they're, they're uh, that's sad to see. The, is it the president and the AD? They yeah, it was. Him, they met him on the field following his loss to Eastern Michigan. And you could tell the conversation. You could tell exactly what they said in the conversation. <laughs> well, I like her. I like her members. So I, I hate to hear that because I, I think her members is a good person, not necessarily a good college football you, coach. You but. think that he could join uh, Todd Grantham as a special assistant at Alabama? Would love to have him at Alabama. They can let Ty Grantham go, but would love to have Herm Edwards at Alabama. Oh man! The fact that Ty Grantham keeps getting a job is beyond. Well, he's a spe- he's. Even, I, I, but he is probably he's an analyst at Alabama, so he's probably making you know about twenty five grand this year. So I think his his specific role is special assistant to the head coach. So I don't know what all that entails. That, that's the Butch Jones job right there. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Bruce Jones went on to get another coaching job from that. He's so about to get fired from that one, too. Yeah, I was going to say, how's that going for him? He's won, what, one game? Be, well, we can't help the Bush Jones is that awesome. I mean, he is terrible, terrible. So, my last two games, all right, that was one, two, three, four, five. My last two games, I have seven games on my card. My last two are my locks. Do you want me to give them now? We're only doing one lock this week, Robbie, just one lock. Oh, one lock. That's right. I forgot. We changed it. Okay. I'm going to give you this on my card. I'll save my lock. I'm going to give you – I keep going back and forth on this on my lock because usually we do too. But I'm going to give you – I'll save my last lock. I'll give you Oklahoma minus 12.5 versus Kansas State. It would have been one of my locks, but Oklahoma scoring 42 points per game, only giving up 10. Kansas State lost at home last week to Tulane. And I just think that Oklahoma at home, too much firepower for Kansas State. I think they covered 12 and a half easy. I like it. Um, I know we didn't mention this when we were talking before this, Robin. Do you, do you have a card? I know you have a lock, but do you have a card? Yeah, I've got some. Well, I don't know if I necessarily have a card. I got. I guess. I guess I do. I've got games I like. Go for it. Um, you want me to go for it? There's some that Robbie already mentioned. I will say I like a Thursday game, if me that's too. allowed. Me too. Give me the mocks. I believe it's at 18 now, plus 18 against Illinois. Yes, sir. Do we like it? We like it. Right, I don't Rob. like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it, so we're going with it. Um, I like the Michigan game, uh, like Robbie said. I, I, I'm not sold. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not sold on Michigan, but I also think Maryland's just not. Any, I mean, they're free and over. They're not any good either. So, give me Michigan at the big house. Um, I mentioned I like Wake. Um, what I, I want, I wanted to get y'all's opinion on this on Auburn and Missouri. It, I believe Auburn is a seven-point favorite. What do you think about this? I wanted to talk about that when we were talking about Auburn earlier, but I forgot to bring it up. Um, I think 
that line is weird to me because I feel like Auburn should not be favored by seven points against anybody in the SEC. I think I think the winner should or the loser should have to fire their coach. <laughs> well, I think that this is the toilet bowl of the SEC. I mean, it is. You got the worst team. You got the worst team in the West versus <laughs> probably the worst team in the East. And I I I don't I don't get the line, but I honestly think that Auburn's going to be better without TJ Finley. Uh, where's the game at? I'm not sure. Is it at Missouri it's at, or at Auburn? It's at Auburn. Yeah. At Auburn and the spread seven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a toss-up. I, I might would like Auburn with the with the quarterback change at home. Yeah, I just saw that one and was uh, was interested. Um, I like Kansas. I, I, you know, Duke's three and zero, but I never trust Duke. Not that I should ever trust Kansas, I guess, but I trust them a little more. <laughs> a little more. Well, Kansas this, is putting up a ton of points this year. They they are they are. This is a good uh, January basketball game for sure. Um, but, but I I, I like think Kansas they should be forced that. to play this game. Like at the same time as the basketball team, they should they should play they should kick off they should play this game at the kickoff or the tip off for basketball. They should have Kansas Duke playing at the same time as Kansas Duke playing football. I mean, I think that would be that would be a I like phenomenal it. TV. I like it. Um, I actually like North Carolina one and a half. Um, you mentioned their defense stinks, but Notre Dame stinks, so <laughs> I like Notre Dame at home. Um, we mentioned that we, you know, I, I talked about Michigan State having a passing offense now. Um, I I do like them this week, though. I, they're three-point underdogs against Minnesota at home. I, you know, I know Minnesota's undefeated, but but I like Michigan State in that one. Um, granted, I, I should have prefaced by saying that I believe I've hit one college football bet all year, and it was Tennessee <laughs> It was Tennessee to cover against Ball State. Um, so, so take these for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> I like Oregon six and a half on the road against Washington State. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to look. I I mentioned I like Arkansas. Here here's the one. I, it's not my lock, but I really like it. I like Rutgers seven and a half at home against Iowa. Plus seven and a half at home against Iowa. I uh, I've watched a little bit of Rutgers. I don't know why. It can be three uh, zero bottle. Yeah. Um, but I was not good. It, that, that this might be the toilet bowl as well. Um, this might be like a a, a six to three kind of game. But seven and a half uh, home underdog in a Big Ten game just doesn't just screams that I have to take the underdog in that game. So uh, I like I like Rutgers in that one. Um, it's certainly not going to be a game that everybody's going to be tuning into. No, no, it's definitely not. I don't <laughs> think I'll be tuning into it. That's for sure. Uh, last one I like is I like Washington minus 13 and a half coming in Stanford. I, uh, I think we mentioned it. You know, Washington really impressed last week. Um, and I see them continuing that, you know, USC Stanford was a little close. I think the score wasn't as indicative. I think USC really played well in that game. Uh, I, I don't think Stanford's that good. I think Washington's pretty good. So I like them 13 and a half. See, I, I will say this, the, the Oregon game, this week, I think that because you like Oregon minus six and a half, right? Yeah. I think that I would be cautious because I think that Bo Nix at home versus Bo Nix on the road are two totally different Bo Nixes. So I That's think that point. Oregon's still a good football team. Like they look awful against Georgia, but Georgia's going to make everybody look awful. But I think that Bo Nix typically um, has on the road has played a lot worse than they have at home. So I would just be cautious on. Oregon minus yeah. six and a half. 
Yeah, and, and Cameron Ward has been pretty good for Washington State, their quarterback. Um, I mean, they they beat Wisconsin. I don't know how good Wisconsin is. I saw that line. What was that? What's that line? Like 17 and a half? Wisconsin 17 and a half, half. yeah. Yeah, I don't – I don't. I guess I would take Ohio State if I had to, but that line is, is interesting to me. Um, but, they, but Washington State beat them at Wisconsin. They haven't really played anyone. Just scraped by Idaho uh, to start the season, too. So – I uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you're right about Bo Nix. I mean, you saw it all the time at Auburn. He's a totally different quarterback on the road, but I still think Oregon gets it done. I, I think six and a half is a little low. I want to go back to uh, what you are saying about Iowa, no one tuning in. I actually disagree. I think every single Iowa game is much, much watched TV at this point in the season because well, – <laughs> You never, well, no one, no one tuned in to the game last week because it didn't start back till like two a.m. Yeah, only sickos were watching that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Aaron: How many Iowa games have you watched this year? All of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I no. Watched, <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. You could get a baseball score. You could get a tie. You could get. I mean, there's a bunch of possibilities with this with with Iowa. Um, but, yeah, going into my card, like Rob, I have two Thursday night games that I like. I have West Virginia minus one and a – or, yeah, minus one and a half at Virginia Tech. I think that West Virginia is a better team that they have showed. Um, they have a – I think their quarterback's good. JT Daniels is a good quarterback. Um, he's not great, but he's good. Um, and I don't think Virginia Tech is any good. So, I think it'll be a good game. It'll be close. And I think West Virginia will win by a field goal. Um, so I like that one and a half. Like Rob, I have UTC plus 17 and a half at Illinois. I don't think UTC has a chance to win this game. Um, but you got to remember last year they played at Kentucky and they almost beat them. Kentucky had to, was it a final drive at the end of the game to go down? It was a, I'm pretty sure it was a pick six. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember now. I was watching it. UTC was driving for the win and threw a pick six to, to, to lose. So, I think UTC is better than they were last year. Obviously, we have a lot more insight on them just because we live in Chattanooga, so we know about them more than probably anybody in the country does. But they're a top-10 FCS team. Illinois is not a great team. They're, they can run the ball. They can suffocate you on defense. I think that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try and just run the clock out, score a couple of touchdowns and run the clock out. I think UTC will keep it within two touchdowns. So give me them 17 and a half. Um, like Robbie and Rob, I have Kansas minus seven versus Duke. Um, like y'all said, put up a lot of points. I don't believe in Duke. Not saying I believe in Kansas, but I've seen a lot more from them than I've seen from Duke. So I like them minus a touchdown. Um, my next game is Mississippi State. I have them minus 29 and a half versus Bowling Green. Bowling Green is not a good football team. Um, Mississippi State's going to score as much as they want, and I think they're going to score – they might put up 50 this week against Bowling Green. So, I like that game. And Mississippi State. Mississippi State's coming off of a loss, too. Yep. yep. Bounce back game. They, um, they're going to want to put up points. So, my next game, I know it's not a fan favorite in this podcast group, but I have James Madison plus seven and a half at App State. I think that um, App State is coming off of that crazy win where they should have lost and – they're going to be let down this week. I think James Madison is going to have a chance to win this game. 
And I think that um, it's going to be a close game. So I like them plus seven and a half. Um, Rob, you're not going to like this, but I have Washington plus seven versus Oregon – or Washington State, I'm sorry, plus seven versus Oregon. Um, they – I've watched them play. I've watched their game tape. Um, and I like them playing at home. Um, they have a great atmosphere. You've seen their flag on game day for how many weeks in a row. Um, so I like that. This next game is going to make Robbie – it might make him cry, honestly. Um, I have Austin P minus five and a half at home versus <laughs> Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I just like that game. Robbie gets on me for taking games that I don't know much about. He's shaking his head right now. Um, but, yeah, I have Austin P minus five and a half versus Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. My next is game – is Javon Craig still Austin Peay's quarterback? He is not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if he was, I would take him minus 21, I think. Um, <laughs> my next game is going to make Robbie shed more tears. Um, I have Northern Illinois plus 26 at Kentucky. Um, I think I watched them play Vandy. It was a close game, obviously. Um, I, don't, I don't think that they're going to have a chance in this game, but I think – I don't think Kentucky is built to blow out teams. So I think it'll be a 21 point game, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Robbie with my next pick. I have USC minus six and a half at Oregon State. Oh, my bad. Um, he didn't take that game. <laughs> um, and then I have, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm struggling, guys. Um, my last game, let me just, let me just end this week, get to our locks. Uh, my last game, I have. Stanford plus 14 and a half at Washington. I think they keep it close, score late touchdown to cover. So let's go ahead and get into the locks. Robbie is uh, very upset with me right now. So I'll go ahead and let him start. Well, first of all, let me ask you this How many people are going to be at Neyland Stadium this weekend? 100,000. 100,000 people at Neyland Stadium this weekend. So I'd be willing to bet from your entire card. There's going to be combined 10,000 people in the stadium. <laughs> I mean, you got games like Northern Illinois, James Madison, uh, UTC. There's going to be probably a combined 10,000 people watching your car combined. That's why I'm just like, well, I saw your car. I was like, man, what in the world? Like, so you don't think, anyway, not, not, not. Not saying, not saying that you won't be right. I, I mean, you, you probably will be right on most of your picks, but I just, I can't get behind the games because I can't watch them. But so you don't, anyways, you don't think Kansas that's why be a sellout? Kansas do? No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be <laughs> close. I think it'd be a sellout. But, but you know what? I, I tend to like. I, I've learned like over the past few weeks, like in picking these games too, like. I watched UCLA last weekend because we both lost UCLA yeah. minus 15 and a half against South Alabama. There were like 2,000 people in that stadium, max. There was nobody there. The game was at UCLA, and there was nobody there. So I'm like, man, you know, UCLA at home, you know, giving up 15 and a half. Yeah, I love it. But no, there was nobody there. There was no home field advantage. But anyways, I digress. My lock of the week since you already spoiled it for me, even though I didn't take them yet, USC minus six and a half at Oregon State. Listen, I know Oregon State, you know, they're – are they 3-0? I think they're 3-0. But they haven't played anybody. 
They're good. No, they beat Fresno. They beat Fresno State by three. And USC blew out Fresno State. So I mean, I I don't think Oregon State's played anybody. So I I, I like USC. I like Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. The line. I know they're going on the road. You know, to Oregon State, but I still like them minus six and a half to keep rolling, and I'm going to keep liking them until they let me down. Obviously, I have this game too, but I think Oregon State's a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I mean, they blew out Boise State first game of the season, and then obviously beat Fresno State. Their quarterback's good; they have a good program. Um, I don't know how good their win loss will be at the end of the season, but um, they beat obviously beat a Fresno State team. So I think. This game, while I do like it, I think it has a chance to be sort of a trap game for USC being on the road. But, yeah, I like that pick. So, that was my lock this week. I think we're only doing one each, right? Yep. All right, Rob, let's hear your lock. All right. I'm going with one that probably doesn't like it because it's it's with his team, but I'm not betting his team or against his team. I like the over uh, 58 and a half in Alabama Vanderbilt. Um, I think both teams can score. Uh, obviously, Alabama has shown they can score, and Vanderbilt has put up a lot more points than they have uh, in recent years. Um, obviously, we talked they beat Northern Illinois. I think they scored, what, like 38 points in that game. Um, but I also look back at the last time the two teams played, and Alabama won 59 to nothing, and they covered just by themselves, or they hit the over just by themselves. Um, I, I think Alabama is going to be able to score. I think Vanderbilt will be able to score some. Uh, Vanderbilt hadn't stopped anyone yet is the big thing. And um, I, I think Alabama will be able to score at will and will not let up because it's an SEC opponent. Robbie doesn't like what I'm saying. but um, <laughs> No, I do. I, 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 I like the overall that game, actually. Like, I, I hate betting Bama games whatsoever. I'd never bet on my own team for or against, but – I, I'm a lot more confident in the over than I am Bama covering because I think, like you said, I, I could see Bandy scoring 14 to 21 points. And so, I, you know, I like the over. Yeah, I, I, I like the over. I, I think, you know, I, I, like I said, I, my bets have not been great this year. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if it actually hits. We got to go back well, to back weeks of the parlay hitting. Yeah, there you go. But I, I like 58 and a half is, is what I saw it at. So I like that. Um, I like it too. I think now this might be different than my whole card, but y'all are going to like this last pick, my lock of the week, um, based off what we talked about earlier. I have Arkansas plus two in a neutral side game against AM. I think they're going to win the game. Um, I think they're the better team. And so I like that game. Um, I like them plus two. Uh, underdogs in a neutral site game, I think they win the game. Um, enough said about that. We talked about it earlier. So I like that. I like that pick. So our parlay, USC minus six and a half, over 58 and a half for Alabama Vandy and Arkansas plus two in a neutral site game against AM. So that is our parlay of the week. Y'all make sure to go, go ahead and get in your bets. We're releasing this on Thursday morning. There are games on our cards Thursday night. So make sure you listen. And uh, get those get those bets in. Um, y'all got anything else? Final question for two Tennessee fans going to the game this weekend: Who are y'all's guest pickers for Tennessee this week? Because they have not announced yet. I know they want Dolly Parton. Don't think it's going to work out. Who do y'all have? 
Well, they asked Dolly Parton, and she said she was unavailable. I have two predictions that could possibly be. One is the mayor, Glenn Jacobs. Uh, Kane, obviously, so. Yeah, Kane, obviously known as a pretty big uh, wrestler. Um, my other is Candace Parker. I think she's kind of big in the news right now, has had another good season in the WNBA, and I could see them doing that. Um, if they get Peyton, I think the worry is he might get stuff thrown at him and booed off the stage by Tennessee fans. So I'm not sure they would do Peyton because he is the uh, the curse to Tennessee right now. Yeah, I I think I think a good person to have on, which I don't think they'll do this just because they had a country music guy on last week, but I think Morgan Wallen would be a fun game day. I know Rob is shaking his head, so obviously well, he doesn't disagree or he disagrees. Well, well, he has a concert in LA that night. Hey, Luke Combs flew in, so. Yeah, well, and also from Green I Bay. More- Luke Combs flew in from Green Bay. He had a Friday night and a Saturday night show. So don't 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 doubt the dedication, Rob. I also think Morgan Wallen's history uh, might prevent ESPN yeah, from from making it the guest <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that. Although I I do <laughs> I would like to see that. But I didn't even think about Peyton Manning, so that I, I would be fine with that too. So, um, but yeah, I think we had a good show this week. Rob, thanks for coming on. Um, hopefully, we can get you back on in a couple of weeks. We can convince Robbie to stay up past his eight thirty bedtime. Um, well, I'm just I'm just hoping that Rob actually listens to this week's podcast. So. <laughs> listen to himself. I, I already listened to it. I don't need to listen to it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that wraps up the show. Um, good luck, everybody, this weekend with your bets. Uh, hope you enjoy watching football. Follow us on Twitter at ITL Podcast One. We will post when the podcast release tomorrow. Um, and then we will also post our cards on there as well. So uh, keep up with us on our, on our Twitter and come back next week. We'll see you all then.